Hello, welcome to Spotlight. Lighting a wet summer with creative charm. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, poets at the ready as two big poetry events head our way almost at once. Could you lead Castletown Metropolitan Silver Band? A new MD is required there. And Manx-linked author Chris Ewan returns to the island to promote his latest thriller. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in that spotlight. This programme, yeah I know. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, authors, literary, mime, etc. Poems, you know, the whole works of the artistic genre. Spotlight at manxradio.com or just Howard Kane at manxradio.com as you prefer. It is that poetical time of the year, but don't worry, there's nothing to fear while everyone fusses, just like buses. There's two big events almost here. Who better to tell us more than the former bard Annie Kizik and current bard, well, for a few more weeks anyway, Michael Manning. Yes, um, time when we will be selecting the ninth Manx Bard, I think. Is that right, Michael? Are you the eighth? And I think I'm the eighth, yeah. In that case, we will be selecting the ninth <laughs> Manx Bard towards the end of this month. Lovely. So what's, what's the process then? What actually happens in order to select the next Bard? So the, all, the, all the material can be found on the Manx Bard Facebook page. Essentially, um, prospective bards need to send in up to three poems and, uh, and a short explanation of what they might like to prioritise throughout the year. That then gets shortlisted and there's a, a judging process that happens at the end of the month. And who's actually judging this year, can we say, or, or is that a state secret? Still being debated, but there will be an element of... Um continuity shall we say um in in the past there's been a, it will be a, a panel um it's not one one person um and in i've been involved in a panel in the past um and it's quite an interesting and, and um we take it quite seriously i think in terms of reading the poems in advance uh, disc- having discussions about the sorts of things we might actually want from a manx bard so we're, we're and then um, we wait to hear what the bards themselves have to say, um, how they present the poem, if they've got questions. It's all a fairly informal process, though I'm sure it can be a little bit um, intimidating potentially for for um, somebody who's, who's not that sure of themselves. But it's quite a friendly, well, I hope it's quite a friendly environment and usually end up all laughing about something or other so um and then the following day after the i suppose after we've met the bar potential bards in person um we have we uh, don't tell them who's been selected until the following day at the bardic ceremony when they get presented with the robe and the staff and and, and such all the yes, all the accoutrements. Oh, indeed. From the actual content of the poetry, I mean, is it, is it something, is there any sort of rules or regulations as to what it has to be? Does it have to be specifically Manx or about the Isle of Man with local connections or can it be pretty much anything? As it is the Manx Bard, the title, there is an expectation and it, and it is clear in, 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 in the rules that there is some kind of reference to the island, but 
frequently we would have put a say of a selection of three poems you might have somebody put in one which isn't really anything much to do with that but perhaps it shows them working in a different poetic style as long as they get the idea um you are representing yourself and your ideas as as well but you also have that wider pers perspective and um, I think most people who've applied in the past have, have, have been aware of that and reflected it to various extents but they certainly know that that is is there I mean you know about this Michael having been the most yeah. recent going through the process do you remember what you did for your for your Test pieces, as it were, your three, your three poems. I do, I do, and I, I came to it without much familiarity um, with with the Manx Bard, particularly, and certainly not very familiar with the the flourishing arts and poetry scene on on the island. So, it was it was a little bit nerve wracking, um, implying and then going and before a panel of judges to to talk about um, the poetry and recite one of my poems. But actually, it's been a real delight, and I would really encourage people. Even if you've never considered yourself as a public poet, um, it's, uh, t you know, take the opportunity. You lose nothing by sending in an entry. And it's a great thing. And I've very much enjoyed the public role of it and the opportunity it gives you as a poet to reflect on sort of public and contemporary issues, to look at, you know, the, the nature, the history, the politics, the economics of the island has been a real delight. And so, um, yeah, I would really encourage prospective bards to, to get their entries in. Well, that's a very good point. I know we've spoken because we've been chatting through the year and we've been enjoying your poetry through the year, every month or so here on Spotlights. And I know we've mentioned this before, but this thing between public and private and that a lot of poets... There are a lot of what I sort of call closet poets, you know, people who, who do write poetry, but they write it just for their own satisfaction and, and they never actually really perform it to anyone. Uh, and they, the poetry can be very good. Uh, and there is this curious thing, was it, and you said, well, it sounds like you adapted to it very naturally and that as soon as I suppose you've stuck your head above the parapet and, and you, you're saying yourself you're coming from, you know, not from within the within the sort of the firmament of Manx poets, as it were, but someone who likes writing poetry. And then suddenly you're, you're you know, you're a public figure and you're expected to perform. Yeah. And, and I am from a personal perspective, I've really enjoyed the public performance. I'm always absolutely terrified when it comes to public readings, but I've always really enjoyed it. And it's um, and I think that there is that element to, to this post particularly. What I would stress as well, though, is that all the bards have been very different. And, you know, we, we've brought different priorities. We've brought different perspectives. We've certainly brought very different poetic styles. And so it's and one of the joys of the role is that there's a, a huge amount of freedom given to the bard to, to shape that role through the year that they have their current tenure as they wish and to bring their own sort of perspectives and priorities to that. So just because I've done it one way or Annie's done it one way, it's not set in stone that you need to you need to do that. Um, and we're, you know, creativity, imagination, innovation, bringing all of that to the role is, is really important and a, and a real delight. Okay. And the time's flown past, I assume. Yeah. The time has absolutely flown past. It has. It's. Uh, I can't believe it's. It's quite been a year, and it's been just a just a huge privilege. You know, people host you. People ask you to write about things that I wouldn't normally be writing about. I've written and read far more poetry than I've ever done in the past twelve months, and that's been a from a personal development as a poet. I'm sure I'm much better than I was a year ago, um, but it's just been a real delight, and people have been very kind and encouraging and and generous um, with their time and attention. And it will, of course, uh, in a way, not finish after your year as a bard. You are still one of the bards and I think you carry on growing. You become aware of what you're doing. You carry on reading more. Um, it, 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 it 
sort of hooks you, I mm. think. I think it's hooked all the all the bards um, up to then. So it's not it's not a one-off. One thing I did want to mention, though, um, Michael is, of course, brilliant. He um, is able to memorise many of his poems and deliver them. Most of us can't do that. And it's not a prerequisite that you need to be able to know your poems off by heart. Um I think sometimes people get a little anxious and th- thinking they don't want to um, enter something if they have to know it all by heart. Obviously, we're all different how we respond to texts and what we can do. So don't let that put you off. Marvellous. So have you still got a chance? And what's the what's the sort of closing date if people are still interested in becoming the bard and thinking, oh, I've been thinking about it. Have they left it too late? Have they still got time to get their entries in? There's still plenty of time um, for the muse to strike. Um, so with uh, the entries are open until Friday the 18th of August. And uh, all the information can be found on the Manx Bard Facebook page. The The auditions are on the 26th. The inauguration concert's on the 27th. But your entry needs to be in by Friday the 18th of August. So get writing and get your entry in. Absolutely. And uh, a little bit before that, whilst we're on the Teldroot's Poetry Corner today, we all also have, of course, the Poetry Slam, which is uh, coming up uh, rapidly on the rails somewhere before that. Uh, and that's pretty much open to anyone then, Annie. Yes, it it is somewhat different to the Manx Bard in it's a one-off evening performance. You're not committing then to something forever. Um, and it's open to all sorts of poetry, but there are parameters. Um, you do one poem, you perform one poem, the interpretation of performance is fairly loose, but um, po- poems can be in any subject or style, and you've got to, obviously you've got to written it yourself. Um, no props and no costumes. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Right. Um, bear that in mind. Don't go further than three minutes, That's or the you will have one. points taken off and a nice little bell. <laughs> three or something. minutes max. And I'm just reading the instructions here. Leave the drum set at home. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't have pre-recorded music. Um, and there are, again, there are a panel of judges and it will be judged on the night, 50% performance and 50% on the actual poem. Um, and it's all quite fun and you get to hear, it's, it's pretty good, enjoyable to go along to. It's terrific fun. Back at the Noah Bakehouse, I think, this year. After, I think, last year, from, from memory, I, the years start to middle up in my mind after a while. But I'm fairly certain we were down at Port St Mary last year. We were down yeah. at Port St Mary, and I seem to remember you were at least a podium a podium finish, I, Howard, I weren't I, you? I was lurking so, somewhere. Uh, a, a brilliant poet there uh, <laughs> yourself. So, yeah, but this, uh, this year it's in Douglas. It's at Noah Bakehouse um, on North Quay, and that's on the 16th of August. And, um, and so, yeah, all of the... Uh, all of the there's tickets. Tickets are on the door. Seven pound fifty on the door, or via Eventbrite, and um, and yeah, but there's refreshments. There's wonderful Noah cake, and it'll yeah. be a wonderful night. It's always yeah. a great night, I must admit. And you get again, you get all manner of different ones. You get some very serious ones. You get some very silly ones, and pretty much anything in between. But it is to my to my mind, it's that three minutes. Yeah, that three. Don't bother writing an epic, which is going to go on for eight minutes, so you're sunk. <laughs> Does that come from personal experience? Yes. <laughs> if you do, I always go over. Um, if you do wish to actually enter the competition rather than just turn up and enjoy a very varied evening of poetry, um, you will need to contact Bridge Carter. Um, Bridge is the power behind uh, these particular poetry drives here on the island. Unfortunately, she can't come this morning to talk to you, but uh, you can contact her at Bridget Carter Poetry. 
mcb.net and I think you'll probably track her down on Manx Bard's site as well if you want to get hold of Bridge and write uh, write one poem for that. And of course there's nothing to stop you entering both the Poetry Slam and the Manx Bard competition. So don't hang around. If you see yourself as the next Bard, get your entry in before that closing date, Friday the 18th. And who knows? Or just go for the slam. Great stuff either way. The ever-busy Castletown Metropolitan Silver Band in action. However, it's all changed at the top, as after a quarter of a century or more, their musical director Ian Astle has stood down from the position, meaning there's a crucial role in the band that needs filling. Webmaster for the band is Brian Osborne. Yeah, Ian's been involved with the band for it's probably over 25 years now. Um, he started off as a very young boy, because um, he's not that old now. So yeah, he, he's gone from playing with the band to, to leading the band for about the last five, six years, and including through our 125th anniversary year, which is a really good year, um, lots of things that we did. Uh, so yeah, he's been involved with us for a long time. He's done a lot with the band, brought us on, but now feels it's time for him to take a break. So he took started his break back in March and now feels that he actually wants to make that a bit longer. So we're now looking for a replacement musical director. And I think a thank you that there has been someone standing in, as it were, uh, since Ian stood down, who presumably is taking the band forward in the interim. Yeah, I think we've got to give a big thank you to Dewan Wright, who stepped in as our interim musical director. I think we all know how busy Dewan is. He's he's in so many things, so many bands. I know he was recently doing the uh, Full Monty. He's doing Kinky Boots. He's playing in the Big Blue Train Band, and then he's he's with us as well. So a huge thank you to Dewan, um, and also to a, a friend from Russian Silver Band, Ashley Cole, who has also stepped in when Dewan hasn't been available. So thank you, big thank you to both of those. So what is required then of a, a musical d- director for a band like uh, Castletown Metropolitan? It's got to be someone who enjoys brass music. He's got to be someone who's enthusiastic um, and inspiring. What we're looking for is someone who can make our rehearsals f- fun or enjoyable, but also can inspire and help the, help the plays improve, basically, you know, um, and grow in a musical way. So it's and the the other thing that we we really need is is or or want is someone who can put a good program together because we're a very busy band. We probably do twenty five to thirty engagements a year, probably the busiest band on that's the island. Lot, yeah. Although I'm you know if anyone wants to shoot me down, that's <laughs> fine. Do that. Um, and that's without any of the Christmas engagements that we do because at Christmas we go around the streets in Castletown playing carols. So we're a very busy band, so it's got to be someone who's prepared to put the, the time in for that as well. And so the members of the band, I, I take it, is there a mix between sort of really experienced old hands and some young, younger folk coming through, sort of picking up a, a brass instrument or a silver instrument for the first time? There's a, a real big mix there, because there's some people like myself who've played for 50-so years. Um, and then, yes, we've, we've got some people playing with us now who've only been playing for about 12 months and they've come through from our 
training band, which is Ballycastle Brass, um, where we'll take anyone, you know, they, you don't need to have had any experience at all, and we'll, we'll train you up to play a musical instrument. And then once they get to a stage, we'll bring them in through into the main band and go from there. And it so, is something I always say. Sorry to interrupt you no, there, no. but it is something. It always gets me with any of the of the brass and silver band fraternity. Once kids come in at young age, chances are it all seems to me they're there for life, um, or at least they're, they're involved in the music for life. Yeah, I think what we find is that if you can keep the kids between the ages of fourteen and eighteen, then you'll keep them for life. If they stop round about that age you've still got the chance of getting them in later life. Um, we've had a, a couple of players who, when they were kids, and this is probably a few years ago now, but when they were kids, they played and then they packed in. And then they came back in their 40s and picked it up again and, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, what have you got out of it over the years? <laughs> um, I got married. <laughs> um, I found my wife. Uh, By the band? Not quite by the band, but through the youth orchestra. Um, and I only got into the youth orchestra from playing in a brass band. So, um, yeah, I met my wife, Carolyn, in the youth orchestra. We got married. Um, and our two kids have gone on and played brass instruments and are still playing them um, in the UK where they are now. So, I, and it's, it's, I find it a way to de-stress as well. So, you know, you, 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 you have a busy life at work. Um, and at home, and then you go to band and you, you 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 play a band, and you're not thinking about anything else. So it just takes your mind off everything else. I find it's good. So the new MD, then, as you say, it's so it's someone <clears throat> obviously a they've got to have a, a a lot of commitment. Presumably, they're going to have a fair amount of musical experience. And there's, I suppose, a split between, as you say, coming up with a, a program for the band, taking the the band forward, and also that educational aspect. Yeah, I think so. And it's for the audience as well, because I think, yes, we're playing a lot for ourselves, but actually we're playing to entertain the audience. And if the, if the audience aren't entertained and enjoying it, then actually there's probably not much point in us doing it. But it's, it, it definitely needs to be someone who can inspire us to improve and to encourage us to, to do our own practice so that when we come to rehearsals, we've got more chance of playing the more, more complicated music. You know, and, and we play all styles of music. It's um, everything from your traditional brass band marches and hymns through to classical, through to pop and, you know, you name it, we'll have a go. <laughs> and, and again, I suppose to a degree, they've got to be a bit of a, a, a showwoman or a showman themselves and that you, you've got to front the band and not be afraid, I guess, to, to speak to the audiences. We're, we're quite lucky in our band because we have a compare and we have had for a number of years now. We used to have... Um, the legend that was Willie Neal doing the comparing for us, uh-huh. and we've now got um, uh, one of the one of the players, Dave Neal. He's taken it over, so the musical director doesn't have to do that. Right. Okay. However, if they wanted to, I'm sure they could okay. share it or have a conversation with Dave about taking over. <laughs> He'll kill me for that, probably. <laughs> and what about Ian himself? Is is he staying involved, or is he sort of, is he taking a sabbatical? He's taking a, a total break mm. from brass banding. Um, as far as I'm aware, anyway, that's certainly what he's told us. And hopefully at some stage he'll he'll want to come back to brass banding. And whether that's with us or with another band, it doesn't matter. I think he's such a good player and so knowledgeable about music that, it, you know, 
it would be good to get them back in the brass band world at some point, somewhere. The role, I'm, I'm assuming it's a voluntary role, it's not, it's not, it's not a paid position. It's a voluntary yeah, role yeah. like the rest of the band where we all do it for the love of it. Yeah, which is often the way I think with any when if you go to brass banding or silver banding, it's it, people are always so passionate about it. Plenty of talented people out there, so hopefully we'll get someone uh, or you'll find someone of the right caliber, as they say. Anyone hearing this and thinking, you know, it's the sort of thing I, I would like to to have a, a go at or put my name in the hat. What's the best way to do that? Best way is to uh, email our secretary at secretary at castletownband.im. I had to think about that. <laughs> um, there's more information on our website, which is www.castletownband.im. Um, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And have you got a particular time scale for hoping to appoint a new MD? Um, so the, we, we've left it open till the end of August. Um, and then hopefully we'll be making decisions shortly after that. Because um, although our summer season comes to an end, we then go into the uh, remembrance season and then into Christmas. And then it all starts again. <laughs> are you up to the task? Get in touch if you are and help forge the future of one of the island's most active silver bands. Make new friends without a doubt, and I'm certain a lot of fun into the bargain. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, if you're a lover of crime fiction, chances are you'll have read some of the work of Chris Ewan, very well established now, critically acclaimed author in the genre. Whilst not actually Manx, he lived on the island for over a decade, and maintains his ties here, and he's on the Isle of Man currently to launch his latest work, The House Hunt. Uh, the House Hunt, yes, comes out August 31st in the UK, uh, so it's my next novel under the pen name C.M. Ewan, uh, and again, it's a story about ordinary people caught up in extraordinary circumstances and how everyday situations can turn deadly when you're not really expecting it. So a brief pricey without giving anything away, because I believe it, it is actually based on a, a, on a real-life happening. It kind of came to me sideways based on an experience I'd had when I'd gone on a house viewing which mm -hmm. is um, my wife and I had gone to uh, tour a tour house that we were interested in buying and when we turned up with the estate agent the uh, owner of the house refused to leave and he insisted on conducting the house tour and took us room by room uh, basically telling us uh, everything that was going wrong in his life that his wife had cheated on him she was leaving him uh, he didn't want to sell the house she did uh, and it just became a very awkward experience. And and that, I suppose, did did sort of spring some ideas for me. And I repurposed them thinking about this this very weird experience you have when you're viewing a house, a very intensely kind of personal experience and how odd it is when you're selling and you have people invading your personal space. So the, the house hunt is a slightly different scenario where there's a young couple, Lucy and Sam, who've redeveloped their dream house in Putney in London, They've sunk every last penny they've got into this place and they're desperate to sell. Uh, and Lucy is vacuuming the house, preparing it for a viewing and misses a call from her estate agent. And by the time she picks up the voicemail from her estate agent, in which her estate agent says, I'm very sorry, I'm having a crazy day. I'm running late. Would you mind showing this prospective buyer around by yourself? It's a bit too late and the doorbell goes. And Lucy opens the door, uh, opens the door and there's this guy donovan there who's wealthy and charming uh, and seems like the ideal buyer but pretty soon after starting the house tour she gets a bad vibe from him she asks him to leave 
he refuses and the book's about what happens next. That launch tomorrow evening, if you can get down there. It is at the Henry Bloom Noble Library in Douglas, 7pm. And we'll hear much more about the book and Chris's writing, by the way, on next week's show. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst dipping chunks of baguette into a gooey smoked cannon there? See you next week, when we'll hear more from Chris Ewan and have a chat with the artist behind the wonderful new mosaic, Interdependence, unveiled at the Alaman Airport this week. Until then, look after yourselves, and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.